Okay, here we go. Going live. Wow, it's warm here today. It's kind of weird. Well, not surprising in Southern California. Hello, everyone. Good afternoon. Welcome to 148. Yes, 148th episode of BCMO Tech 2 is warm. I'm going to take these gloves off. I was working on some batteries earlier on today, and um, yeah, it's a bit warm. Hello, Danny26. Greetings, breezy boy. And for those of you who listen to me on the podcast, thank you so much for joining me on this Tech Tuesday, whether you're walking the dog, relaxing at home, using the loo, being safe, whatever the case may be, thank you for joining. And for those of you on YouTube, thank you so much for allowing me to use this as an archiving moment. And if you don't follow me on YouTube here on Instagram and there on all the podcast networks, please go on to YouTube, look for BCMoto, B-I-S-I-M-O-T-O, click the notification button and subscribe button. And whenever I have some cool stuff, you'll have a, a, a good time. Kovot is being naughty over here, saying there's a, a, a car behind me. Yeah, there's a, a Tesla Roadster behind me and the Odyssey. <laughs> good afternoon, Spitfire. Good seeing you as well. Woohoo, Redbeard485. Thanks for the kind words that you love our work. What do we have in those boxes behind? Those boxes are oil. So I do sell a lot of AEM and Turbonetics and Purell. So those are some of my bigger brands. I also sell some chargers from our good friends at Blink. And I will share with you guys sometime soon a code that you can use and get like 30% off or so on Blink chargers, which is pretty crazy. F-X-I-Z-R-H, all the way from Malaysia in the house. Thank you so much. You guys have great food. Adam Millionaire, long time no see, sir. No, I just saw you this Sunday at the CNC Motors in Upland, which we had a good time. I had the K3V out there with me. Uh, last time in its kind of cool livery from Acronym. Now it's going to go back to the old livery. Anyway, thank you for the kind words, Hunter. Appreciate that indeed. Um, why do I love Porsche, asks F-X-I-Z-R-H. Well, who doesn't? Think of the brand. It is the one brand that many of us as youth had a poster of a Porsche on the wall. And there's something so iconic about the 911 shape that's very different and unique. And it even goes above and beyond the car, the people. Think of the Porsche Club of America. It's the largest society of any car manufacturer enthusiast ever. So. The members globally in the PCA outnumbers any car club in the world. The camaraderie around the Porsche community is great. I mean, think about it. I'm an African, West African guy, Nigerian, right? With a name, Bisimoto, that sounds Japanese, and I build Porsches and they embrace me. There's nothing more, dare I say, obtuse than an African Japanese guy's name, Porsche Builder. And they just really love what we do, and they're great. There's so much camaraderie, which is fantastic. And the brand, the heritage, the history in racing is just phenomenal. Fast forward to today, um, if Fernand Porsche, the founder, was, a, was alive, he'd love what we do. Where we're converting some of these Porsches to electric. And one of his first cars was an electric vehicle as well. So just think about it. It's just a great platform. And the engines being, most of them being flat sixes, take very well to modifications and are very, very well balanced. So what is there not to love about them? It's just a great marquee, you know? Simons has a Countach on his wall, but Porsches are great. That's good. Yeah. Those Countaches are great cars. That's what I wouldn't mind electrifying because the Countaches are really cool cars to look at, and they had this beautiful, iconic look that was appealing to the Wall Street moguls and also drug dealers, which is crazy. But they weren't the most reliable cars. So to infuse modern, reliable technology into that old body would be a pretty cool project. And maybe one day I'll do that. Maybe one day. If not myself, for a client. Hello, Richard from the LBC. Good seeing you. My pleasure indeed, FX. People love Porsches worldwide. Absolutely. And did you know this? 
There are more, there are more Porsches in Southern California than any, oh, not Southern California, but in California than anywhere else in the world, any country in the world. True fact. More Porsches in California, and the only reason why California is amazing in terms of, of volume being part of the U.S. is because California is part of the U.S.A. What I mean by that is if California was separate from the U.S., it would have more Porsches in California than any part of, the, of North America, which is pretty crazy. Anyway, um, JDoc says, hey, BC, I saw a charge to our position for AM to continue providing support for the Infinity platform. What's going on with that? Are they discontinuing that platform? No, they're not. Um, they're not discontinuing it. AM will still support that. I was just in meetings with them yesterday. Um, that's not a challenge at all. The one thing they don't support is the older platform for the Series 1. But uh, no, it's, it's still going on. But they're doing some wonderful things. We're going to do some wonderful things with them with the new, uh, the new uh, VCU, which is pretty exciting. On the EV front, that is, you know? Hello, BC, boosted GD3 for me says. What spark plugs did you use for your CRZ build? Are they myths about using copper versus iridium and better tuning spark detonation? So, great question. So here's, here's the deal. And yes, private photo. That is the Odyssey right there behind me. Nice and clean and tidy. Thanks, Miguel, for clean, keeping it clean. Miguel's a great guy back up front. Doing it. Anyway, okay, I digress. So, iridium versus copper. I'm going to use my water bottle as a bit of an example. Okay, so... I'm going to turn it this way. Imagine this being the copper electrode, and I have this little, you know, ground strap around top of it. So when the spark forms on top of the copper electrode, the lead, the big, you know, just this big surface area of the copper electrode does tend to shield a lot of the kernel forming. That kernel is that flame that forms in here, okay? So sometimes it can impede very nice burn. And in very rare cases, dare I say, induce pre-ignition because it's not burning very nicely. But let's look at this other end. Let's say this is the iridium post, and I have my ground electrode here, right there, okay, right there. You see how much smaller this is? It allows for a spark and a kernel to form, and it doesn't get shielded by the large base. It's a much smaller base, so the kernel can form very nicely and do a good job in giving a complete burn in the combustion chamber, which is great. But there's more than that. The copper, as the nature of the compound, is a very soft electrode. So after a while, you see you run copper plugs, whether you're racing or driving around, you tend to see that copper electrode tends to round off the ends, the ends and tend to erode very easily. While iridium is a very, very hard, very hard compound and does not erode. True fact, when I do a lot of drag racing, I can barely, barely get a pass out of my copper electrodes and I have to change them because I run like, at a time, 18.41 compression, high RPM, lots of power, and it would just erode and misfire after one pass, or one pass on the drag strip, I got rid of them. Iridiums, I am not exaggerating, guys. I'll run up to a season, sometimes half a season, because I'm being silly. And just the electrodes are that hard, I pick up more power. It's just a better, better plug. And it may be more expensive, but it's worth it, because the money you spend on copper plus the efficiency that is a little bit less than that of an iridium, iridium is the way to go. So thank you so much for that question, and thanks to NGK for making both for us a cost-effective copper and a very resilient, high-performance, amazing iridium. Appreciate them, you know? Um, oh, and I see my friend from Where Tools is here. Where are good seeing you. I have a battery over there. I'm not gonna finish taking that battery apart until I get some really cool, I would say, tools from Wera. They have, Wera is a tool company, um, German tool company, but they have North American quarters, headquarters 
here in North America, and they have these, these shielded appliances, they shielded ratchet and tools and sockets and extensions. So I can play around with north of a thousand volts without having any challenges. Um, instead of me trying to build my own, they have something that's absolutely fantastic. And when I get some, I'll show you guys. It looks really cool. Anyway, um, thank you, Arturo, all the way from Mexico. Ah, Dealing Designs, good seeing you, sir. Hello, how are you? You know? Um, BC says Machine Gear 42, like your name, by the way. How much modification should I make to my coolant oil cooling systems on my Turbo 4 Horsepower D16A6 Civic EF7 if I want to do hot laps for as long as possible? As long as physically possible, here's what I do. Ethylene glycol, which is the main component of antifreeze, is great, as the name implies, implies as an antifreeze agent. When it comes to reducing temperatures, doesn't really do that great a job. But I understand that if you use regular water, especially, or deionized water, or, or purified water, it may attack some of your cooling system, especially the aluminum components in it. Um, it may have some calcification that could occur, so you need to put something in there to put that at bay. So I like to use some kind of cooling treatment. So I use deionized water with some water wetter and the appropriate amount based, based upon the volume of my cooling system. And it does a great job in keeping my temperatures very nice. I see, I'm not exaggerating, anywhere from 13 to 17 degrees Fahrenheit reduction in my coolant temps, which is great. On the oil front, I'm very fortunate because I use Purell. You see the Purell logo right there behind me? You see all the boxes here? It really has very high chemical resilience and it's very hard to heat up. In other words, it does pull very quickly. Heat from your engine dissipates it very nicely. It's, it's a really very good oil that was derived in the aerospace industry. They see a lot more heat and friction than we see in automotive. So it is my oil of choice. But for hot laps, nonetheless, if you, especially in your temperate regions, you may want to get an oil cooler. So just as a, how should I say, recap, deionized water with some water wetter in the appropriate um, amounts, Purell oil, and a small heat exchanger or oil cooler. And you can have all the fun you want, which is pretty cool. Thank you, Booster GD3. My pleasure indeed. Inram says, hello BC, I'm about to start school for mechanical engineering, great choice by the way, with getting my master's in automotive, very nice. I want to know if I need the automotive part as the mechanical to work in autosports. No, you don't really need it. Does, it does allow you to really embrace automotive a little bit more because think about it this way. I talked to a, a physician customer of mine recently and he started off getting his um, degrees in oncology research, which is great. But then he finished school and he knew everything about oncology but never had the opportunity to treat patients, just didn't know how to treat patients. So he went back to school and became a physician. So now he had a background in oncology in terms of the research side and he could actually treat patients as an oncologist on the treatment side. Great, right? Here's some kind of howling back there. I think it's a vehicle with bad brakes. Anyway, same thing in this. A mechanical engineering school, short of you even experiencing, and that helps a little bit, a program with, let's say, Formula SAE, you do a lot of theory. So with this theory, it puts you in a position where you understand the mechanics, design, stresses, um, everything about you know, analysis, whether it's materials, fluid dynamics, you understand how to, how to draw things in CAD and do all kinds of things with SolidWorks or whatever the case may be, but it doesn't give you the strong background in physically experiencing that. And it does two things. We've had you know, interns work here and they quickly get grabbed by companies like General Atomics or Northrop or Hyundai. And the reason why is because they end up having, in addition to their background, the ability to work on cars here and understand 
and think critically on how to solve problems in front of them, getting exposure to things automotive and problem solving and motorsports and general repair, all that fun stuff. So, do you must absolutely have to have that masters in automotive? No, but you should get exposure to what you love to give you an edge over another engineer that could graduate with the same curriculum without the experience. So, if you went in front of an interview, let's say with myself, or with a big company, being OEM, or even nowadays aerospace, as a mechanical engineer, if you had the same credentials as your peer, and he had experience working in the shop, and you had no hands-on experience, I would hire him or her. So that being said, it's an advantage. Take time, get an internship in a speed shop that you may like, or something that has interest in you. Dedicate your time, and it's viable. Now you can do it, because I'm telling you guys, the time will get, it'll come to a time when you will have to pay to work in a place like this. I mean it. Nowadays, you have the ability to work as an internship in a facility you like, but the time will come that if you want to get experience, you may have to pay someone to work there because you need that experience to get ahead. Sounds crazy, right? You think it's the other way around, but actually, the experience you get and the appeal that comes from your curriculum combined with the experience is absolutely phenomenal. So think about that. Kovo says, got some safety tips on working with high voltage systems. Yes. One is very simple, very stupid though, but very simple. Jewelry, don't have any hanging jewelry on yourself. I tend to work with one hand behind my back, just like this, and work on a car because you can't get shocked if you have one hand behind your back, it's crazy. It's even in AEM's instruction manual, which is funny, but it's really true. And then there are these gloves, there's OSHA approved gloves that you need, and uh, I have some over there. And then you put them on your hands and it can protect you up to, they say, 20K volts. I would never want to test it to make sure. But it has a three-layer glove system. It has a rubber glove, a little um, strange like material, almost composite-like on top, and then the other plastic. It takes away the feeling, but its safety is, is critical. Um, I tend to work a lot with 400-volt systems. We're going to start playing with 800-volt systems very soon as we play with Cascadia inverters um, and motors and stuff like that. So that being said... Safety first, and with tools, definitely wear a tools is a place that's very cost effective and very, very unique and very good. So instead of me making my own tools, I ordered a set. It should be coming soon, and that's going to be my go-to tool set. I wish I knew about them before, you know? Water, weather, and says call taco network. Okay, water, weather, and just for the cooling of your engine, deionized water, pure oil because of its thermal and chemical resilience, and a small oil cooler, and you're good to go. Okay, let's see. Tell us about the Tesla plug and play center console that just got shipped. That's not a Tesla one. Hmm. What I just showed earlier on was a Chevy Volt system. So I spoke to Tesla Bima, very nice chap. He actually converted a convertible Tesla to beautiful electrical power, and he used those modules, and he spoke very highly of them. I said, you know what? I want to explore these. They are, I think, 180, no, I think 194, 192. 192 cells, I think, yeah, 192 cells combined in, a, I guess, a 2P configuration. So very, I think it's like a 2P96S configuration. It's supposed to have very good uh, energy density. So I'm going to test it 
I was curious. So got one taken apart, testing it soon. My pleasure indeed, machine cool name. Um, oh yeah, machine is asking the same question, same thing. Hello, Falcon Lover Zach, good seeing you. Miss Jeannie Kelly, there you go. Hello, neighbor, previously, now in Texas, and we don't see her anymore. Good seeing you indeed. Um, yes, very true, thank you so much. Oh, I'm missing so many good questions. Hello, Anthony Ngo, good seeing you. Oh, no problem. Yeah, I, I, I just love learning. So Fox Designs, Paul, you've known me for a couple years now, and you know that every day, I, it's my goal to go to sleep knowing more than I knew waking up that morning. So every day in this journey of life, is an opportunity for me to improve and be better than I was yesterday. So, and that's one of the reasons why I have no chagrin in sharing with all of you everything I know. Because I have nothing to hide and I don't have a, how should I say, a mindset that is very resistant or better yet, a mindset that is very, how should I say, scarce, where I have a scarcity mindset. I don't have that. Um, I feel that there's enough for everyone. There's an opportunity for everyone to improve. And there's enough for everyone to learn. And as time progresses, I'll learn more and more and more. And what I know today will be old years from now, which is pretty good. Um, Sherry Volt says, packs have good power density, but poor energy density. He's correct. The kilowatt per pound is terrible, but they have absolutely dump amp sustain. Absolutely. And I'm going to put that to the test, Corvolt. He is absolutely 100% correct. Thank you for sharing that, Corvolt. Indeed. So we will find out. Power density is the word, not energy. Um, Thank you, says ERM. You've made my pro thought process easier and we'll get more ex ex expansion in Automotive Masters along with working on my BMW. Very good job. I, I think that's good, you know. Does Pure Oil make a transfer case oil as well? Not yet. I've been telling them to do it. I've been telling them to really do some gearbox stuff and transfer case stuff and rear end and greases and assembly lube. They don't listen to me. <laughs> no, I think they do, but I guess I have to do a very good business case for them because um, it's very expensive for them to make these oils and they barely make any margins on them. I do okay with them, but um, they're, they're good guys. But they, they don't make anything quite yet, you know? And then waking up very early, says Fox Design, always working, experimenting, learning, and then sharing your knowledge. Thank you, my pleasure indeed. So Fox Design, has, I'm sure, has received messages from me early morning. My team thinks I'm a vampire because even Lindsay up front said, BC, I'm getting messages from you two in the morning. What are you doing? And then, oh, I see it at 11 o'clock at night and then three in the morning, what's the deal? Um, I'm one of those weird, quirky guys who actually has a laptop and writing material right next to my bed. And I can wake up in the middle of the night and have an idea and write it down <laughs> and then put it down. And then I may come up with a concept and I can't sleep. I just can't. Or I may talk to someone. I remember I had a conversation, when was that, last week, early last week, with Brock um, Weinberg from uh, Electric GT. And we had a good discussion. And after that discussion, I had all these light bulbs going off in my head and I just couldn't sleep. I literally couldn't sleep that whole night. It's a disease. It's a cuss, but a blessing too. I just couldn't sleep at all. Can you use nitrous to cool down batteries? Um, you could, but I would take caution in being able to, re I would say, what's a good word I can use? Regulate properly the mist into the battery system. So you have to really be flogging the batteries very hard, especially if they're liquid cool, to get them to experience thermal runaway. But some companies do use refrigeration, which is better because it does tend to get easily recyclable. You know, you have the refrigerant liquid, it goes to the gaseous stage, it cools down in that process, and then you can recycle it and contain it. The challenge with nitrous is that it's consumable. So when you use nitrous, it would then, you can, most of the time people evaporate it to atmosphere. 
we had to fill up the tank, so it's not very super useful. I'm sure you can probably put it back into the ga from gaseous to liquid state, but it will require probably more energy than R134 or R12. So um, yes, we can do it, but there are more efficient ways of doing that, indeed, you know? Porsche 914 build, asked Eric Hansen. I do have a 1976 Porsche 914 in my showroom, but I really don't think I'm going to use that car. I, I may end up selling it. Um, I do like it a lot. It's, it's like the Del Sol of Porsche. It's really cool. It's mid-engine, has the T-tops, a little fun car, very lightweight. It'd be an awesome car to electrify and have a lot of fun with, but I have so many projects here. I have an electrical Porsche here. I have another Porsche we need to convert to electric here. Uh, right in front of me here is this Audi that I need to finish and needs to go. I'm still experimenting with the, with the Hyundai. This client wants to go crazy on this Tesla Roadster. I want to do some crazy stuff to the van steel. I have this weird English car behind me. Um, I have a CRX there. I have another Porsche 991.20 to work on. I have a Cayman twin turbo up top there. Believe it or not, I have a Civic Sport front wheel drive right there as well. Another Porsche 911. Um, a boxer for the guys from AEM. A Cosworth Mercedes-Benz 190. I have all these projects, and all these are in line before the 914, so I don't think I'll ever get to it, and I need someone to do justice. So if any of you are looking for a very nice, yellow 914, complete, I have one right here, <laughs> which is pretty cool, you know? Um, hearing Mercedes will be using electric hybrid turbos close to F1 tech to prevent some turbo lag. Will we be seeing this in technology anytime soon in consumer level, says Caucasian? <laughs> I'm smiling, Caucasian. Because yes, it already exists, absolutely. You see that in seven-figure cars, like what you may see with the P1 from um, our friends at McLaren. You would see it in the Enzo from Ferrari. You see the 918 from Porsche. And in the more cost-effective, but still extremely reliable, still beautiful, still in the exotic car realm, is the very beautiful NC1 Acura NSX. So, the Acura NSX has a petrol engine, which is a V6 twin turbo, with an electric motor that exists, it's like an axial electric motor. So the ones that you see a lot of us use are like the radio-style motors, like, like a drum, and you have these axial ones that look like, like a wheel or like a small pancake. Well, it has one between the gearbox and the engine to help with that, and it puts lag at bay, and then it has two other axial motors in the front for each, one for each wheel. And it creates an opportunity where it is not like, it's like, just like that. Amazing. 0 to 62.9 seconds, really fast, on street tires that is, and um, the car virtually has no lag at all because it uses EV technology to fill in that little space that the turbochargers or petrol engine has as an opening. It's very good. Anthony Ingo is asking, hey BC, currently at a crossroad on keeping my B18CR swap in my EK sedan, or going K, what do you think? Honestly, the K-series is a much better engine than your B18C. You could easily sell your B18C. It's still the B-series is still the small block Chevy of the Honda world. But the K-series, the head flows amazingly well. Think about it. The way to make power, whether you're boosted, NA, supercharged, whatever the case may be, is to get as much oxygen in the engine with the appropriate amount of fuel. That's how you make power. The K-series lends itself very well to the modification because, or the application, because the head flows much better. 
does amazing aftermarket support. It's absolutely fantastic, you know? DR2K saying, any word on when those will be shipping? Between today and tomorrow, we have so many orders, which is crazy. So my team is on it. They're moving, they're moving it. So I'm hoping that the last of the Porsche shirts will be shipped, let's say, by Friday. And today's Tuesday. So we, is that that many crazy orders? So forgive me. Hmm? What kind of cams do you suggest for turbo? It depends on what application you have. So we have camshafts, if you're talking on the Honda world, that actually match the applications very well. This is best in Greece. <laughs> oh my God. For a K20A boost setup, um, we can make something custom for you. Absolutely. Anthony, our pleasure indeed. We are here to help. Once again, the reason why I do this is I'm trying to be that person that I needed when I was younger, that person that I needed when I first came to America and I wanted to learn about cars and people didn't want to help me and, and I couldn't find any information that's reputable I can go to. I am being who BC needed when he was younger. And that being said, be that for someone else. I mean, it's, it's a huge opportunity. You never know how you can help someone who may be down, depressed, the brink of taking their own life. You never know. Just be there for someone. Be that person you needed. And you never know how you can make wonderful things happen for individuals. RWB Porsche EV says Ray Chavez. There's one that actually exists. I don't know if it runs yet, but there's one that actually exists that was put together by, um, I think, the Street Lee at Street, street Lights, Street Scenes. I don't remember the name of his company. But good, very good guy. But I, haven't, I don't know if, they're, if it's done yet. Hey, BZ, would you let, ever, let someone apprentice for you? Yes, Liam, I have, and I do from time to time. Typically, people send um, an email to our lab at Bismoto, and then if they have what it takes, and we like them, we bring them on board, and then, yeah, we have a good time. You should make videos for your build process on the cars and make engineering tutorials, says Shutter Smart. So what I tend to do is, I do tend to document a lot of my builds and then put them out there afterwards. The funny thing is that a lot of my partners really, really love this, and, and Hyundai, which I have next to me, one of, Hyundai is one of the accounts that we work with. They are very, very particular. Hyundai, Toyo, they're very particular in us not showing what we're building before they're launched uh, because it creates great buzz and it's, it's the right thing to do. And our projects are always evolving. So what I do in turn is I, I do document the build and then when the builds are launched, then I then tend to show how we got there. Um, there are some things that are trade secrets and that's no big deal, but um, it's kind of boring some of the stuff we do. The end product is really exciting. But for me to start a build thread and then build up to it, and here it is, it's something that I don't think you'll be able to see from us because our partners just don't like that. And our partners are what? They pay the bills. They keep the lights on, yeah? What is your opinion on the TBC Turbo Kit for the 987 Cayman S? Home by Drew, I think it's pretty cool. I, I like their stuff. I, I, I guess some of the TPC stuff, TPC stuff got a bad rap because some people weren't installing it well. And that's, we see that in the industry all the time. You can make the best product. You homes by Drew can make the best product out there you put it out there for even mechanics to install or the you know, shade tree mechanic or the, the do-it-yourself enthusiast and they will find a way to mess it up. <laughs> Cut corners or do something. It happens all the time. That's why so many times you see builds being done here and I, I, you, know, you don't see many turbo kits coming from me because I'm so terrified. I've seen things happen. I've seen people finally bring the cars here for us to install. I'm like, what did you do? Oh my God. Did you just run your oil cooler through your turbo? It's crazy, as in the water cool lines, the oil cooler is connected to that. Oh my goodness, what, what is going on here? Is your turbo, is your clutch pressure plate not in the right dowel? Is the disc backwards? It's just, it's just I've seen crazy stuff. Anyway, so back to TPC. Um, I met the owner in SEMA a couple years ago at the Turbo Next booth. Nice guy, they know what they're doing. I think the kid's cool. 
but they typically exist in a single turbo application. You know I'm a twin turbo guy, so if I ever do make a kit, it'll be a twin turbo setup, but I need to find a way to get people to really read instructions, not throw them away and call us and say, hey, it didn't come with instructions. Uh, it does, and just make sure that people do it right. Anyway, it's not a bad kit, not a bad kit at all. Hello, Drewby Life, good seeing you. Hello, Uparse. Oh, you missed a ton of stuff. We talked about so many cool things. Um, I think Kovo says, EV West worked on the, on the RV Porsche. They don't even drive with much because it's too pretty to drive. Okay, we say so, too pretty to drive. <laughs> I, like the, I like the thrash on my stuff. I just haven't, I haven't, unless you saw Kovo, I haven't seen anyone, I think I had a photographer. And I don't want to get into it. I don't want to get into it. Um, hey, BZ, should I turbo my K28 3 or should I do a K24 swap from Japan or EP3? Ooh. Now, here's the question. If you're going to try and decide on boosting your A3 or just doing an NA K24, I would say boost the A3 because it offers you a lot more performance per buck and a lot more enjoyment. Um, a K24 NA is okay. A K24 boosted is ridiculous. I know because I have the Honda wagon back there. But yeah, um, if you had to choose between the two, NA versus Turbo, Turbo route for sure. But if you want the best of both worlds, boost your K24. That would be the cat's meow. That would be awesome. Hello, Arturo. Good seeing you indeed. Put the instructions in the box itself. I do. So here's what we do, Dilling. Dilling, you won't believe it. I mean, maybe because I come from a background that's more, dare I say, European. My accent, my mode of thinking. I guess we're a colonized nation, so we have a lot of European influence where I'm from. But even my father is the same way. My father raised me to, whatever, even before you do anything, read the manual cover to cover. And that seems to be not an American thing, <laughs> which is interesting. And you may not know this, Dilling. Um, he said never have a discussion. Oh, Americans don't like that. They really want to talk to you on the phone. It's easier. I'm so weird. Okay, so I'm the kind of guy who would buy a car and send a lot and then read instructions before I even drive it. But it prevents me from making mistakes and having challenges. And sometimes I even help manufacturers by finding, oh, here's a mistake here. Oh, here's a misspelling here. Anyway, but Americans don't. So when I sell product, it's crazy. Camshafts are like a big seller for us. And in every camshaft, I have, I have gone to the painstaking process of now using a bright orange, brighter than the car behind me, a bright orange sheet for instructions, just so that when people open the box, they don't throw them away. It says, do not throw away. Here are the instructions. Here are the specs. Here's what you need to do. Here are the clearances. Do you know that people still throw them away? Oh, you don't need this. Throw it away. And then a week later, when they try to degree it, they're like, um, BC Motor Engineering, you guys didn't send us a manual <laughs> instructions. But it's part of our, how should I say, QC, our quality control here, is you have two people sign off on it. That boom, cam is in, boom, instructions are in. We without failure, putting in instructions in every box. And still, they keep the stickers, but they throw away the instruction manual. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Oh, no, don't worry. I know you're late. It's okay. You're going to catch up. And I'll have this, once again, I'll have this on Instagram indefinitely. I'll have it on YouTube in a condensed version. I'll have it here on the podcast networks, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, Anchor, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Spotify. You just do a search for BC Money, you'll see it. It's pretty cool, you know? BC should build a Honda Porsche, aka Real Engine 88 to 2000 Civic. 
I would be down to do that only if Honda approves. The only reason why this van exists today, because it was a collaboration between us and American Honda. So the manufacturers do help us with our projects. They really help with a lot of technology. They help us with the offset of costs. <laughs> but you know, working with OEMs are amazing things, a really great blessing, and they allow us to do really crazy wild things and mild as well, which is good. So you see us build maybe a crazy, like let's say, new minivan that's hybrid with sequential gearbox and center seat and all that fun stuff, right? And then we'll build an old school CRX real wheel drive rear mid-engine, which is pretty crazy. So we love doing that, and it helps the manufacturer, it helps us. It helps us push the envelope, which is great, but it also helps the manufacturers with brand equity, which is fantastic as well. Critter says, let's do an electric road race truck for Baja. I've got years of desert experience, and I have a truck that we can use. That I like your thinking. If you're serious, DM me, let's make it happen. I am so down. That would be a good challenge for me. I'm so afraid of getting into off-road because I feel I may get into it and love it and just forget everything else and just go crazy off-road because I hear these people are, you know, pretty good. QR code sticker with instructions. Hmm. The thing is, that if they scan the QR code, they take the instructions, but they don't even want to read instructions. I wish Americans would. But you know what? We're here. We're here to help to make things as easy for everyone as possible, which is pretty cool. Let BC build an all-wheel drive rear engine CRX. Do it. I would love to. Totally up to American Honda. Totally up to them. Totally up to them. What's currently in the Odyssey cargo container? I should go in there. I think there's a dead body or two. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, up there is nothing. I think I have um, some straps and I think a car cover. Yeah, I think that's what I have. How about 2013 Genesis, says Theo Ethan. Theo Ethan. I love your video of the 212 Hyundai and was thinking about doing the same setup. What did you think? I think that'd be great. That engine, believe it or not, and I talk about this a lot, it's one of my most favorite engines ever. You know how you get a, a Chevy V8 and an upgrade to the crankcase is to have six bolt mains? You know, typically most engines have four bolts. Some have two. But an upgrade is six bolt mains. Do you know that the Lambda engine from the 2013 Genesis Coupe has six bolt mains from factory? And do you see those intake ports? Oh my goodness, they're beautiful. So it's not difficult to make 800 wheel, 900 wheel, 1,000 wheel. It's not really that difficult. With the right size turbo, with the right aerodynamics in the turbocharger itself, and the right engine management solution, you can make that power and keep beating up on it and beating up on it, and it's just reliable. Um, I think we did in Arizona, I think we got to 178 miles per hour. It's so weird, I was blowing stuff out the car. I think I blew my wheel wells into the tire, so I got chewed up, my, my front emblem flew off. <laughs> At that speed, there's a lot of air pressure, <laughs> so kind of funny things happen. And the guys from Korea didn't believe it. They actually sent four engineers down from Korea to evaluate the car here at the shop. They just couldn't believe what we did with that car. It's amazing. So yeah, by all means, go and take a look. It's absolutely fantastic. Oh, Transporter HQ is building a 1,000 horsepower Tesla swap VW truck. That would be so cool. I can't wait to see that. That is so cool. I love EV stuff, you know? Any future electric conversions in the near future? Yes, quite a few. Um, I have a Porsche here, another Porsche that's in paint. Um, I have uh, another Porsche there and another Porsche there. I have an English vehicle somewhere in the facility that we're doing something with as well. So right now in-house, we have five vehicles that need to be converted, five. five. So yes, we have quite a few. Um, should I charge my, change my oil twice if my engine sat with E85 contaminated oil? It depends on what kind of oil you have because not all oils are created equally. A lot of oils are not resilient to ethanol-based fuels or any alcohol-based fuels. Um, that's why I really insist on good 
good oils like Purell. And guys, I, I said this, I think, on the last Tech Tuesday. Purell is offering a sponsorship, so if there's a way that you can, you know, be a disciple for them and be out there having fun and doing great stuff, and your car is really cool, they'll sponsor you, you know. They do a lot of cool sp partial sponsorships, so Boosted Goat, um, yes, you should change your oil if it's not an E85 compatible one. You could let it sit for a while. This van has been sitting for quite a while and it has Purell, and I, I don't have to change it. It just has great chemical resilience. Um, I sell it for $14.99 a quart. Um, if you get the sponsorship, it's way more cost-effective than that. So hit them up. Um, Purell USA, they're here on Instagram. Just go ahead and DM and make it happen. One thing I worry about is getting the battery life to make it between pit stops. I'm sure you know some tricks. Well, here's the challenge. You're right. The challenge with EV technology as we sit today is in turn the charging of the batteries. So there have been solutions out there, depending on how long your stops are, for a hot swap. So that would be the easiest, I would say, um, in terms of being able to do things quickly. We also have the capability of rapid charging. But still, that takes quite a few minutes. So if your stops are very quick, it will be more cost effective to have hot swap battery setups. And then your chassis will be set up in such a way to allow that to happen. But that may be the easiest thing. Now, if you have extended you know, stops, then guess what? No problem. You have access to a high, you know, high voltage DC setup, uh, opportunities for uh, quick DC charging. You're good to go. No problem whatsoever. You know? What's next for a thousand horsepower minivan? I do want to update some things. I kind of want to keep it a secret and shock you guys. Should be should be pretty cool. Should be pretty cool. Um, yes, an English vehicle says Fox Design. And the great thing about English vehicles is because they're known to be very pretty, right? But they're not the most reliable vehicles. They have vacuum issues, oiling challenges. They're breaking down. It's head gaskets leaking. So you can take the beauty of a classic. English vehicle and combine it with modern technology and voila, you have a beautiful build, right? It's pretty cool. I'm living in divide. BC tells me Puro and Speed Factory tells them something else. Well, guess what? I'll tell you one thing. I introduced Speed Factory to those guys. Okay, that's one. And secondly, I left a paid sponsorship to buy Puro. So what does that tell you? Once again, I left a paid sponsorship to buy Puro. It's just, it's a superior compound. And I'm very familiar with the other brand, but this is absolutely spectacular. What weight did I put in the Odyssey? Um, I run 5W30 in that. So, you know, I have a boosted engine. My clearances are very, very tight, very nice clearances. Um, you'd be very proud of the clearances I run on the crank um, for both the large mains and also the rods. They're very, very close to the tight ends of the factory. So I could get away with 020, but since I put a lot of more heat into the engine, than it was designed for. I tend to get that little extra layer of protection by going one step thicker. So instead of 020, I run 5W30 in it, you know? Oh, there you go. So here's Puro. Hello, everyone. We have an open, it's like they heard me or something. We have an open sponsorship Roman going on now. DM us for more materials or send an email. There you go. So guys, I'm telling you, that's, that's good, you know? And Covote says battery hot swapping, that's why I like him, is super infrastructure intensive and basically impossible to standardize. Test to try to get it up and fast charging is the long-term goal. Well, in racing, it's not really a bad idea, Covolt. Um, for mass production, yes, it can be quite, you can imagine. Imagine going to a, having a Costco line <laughs> of hot swapping at any supercharger station. Of course, it can be a challenge. But in racing, 
we do have the ability for infrastructure on a chassis like what he's talking about being an off-road trophy truck. The chassis could be done in such a way to allow that to happen quite easily. And that's the only solution they have now in the meantime, um, especially if you're somewhere remote. You can have support teams that are in different places, but to have a support, a support DC fast charging station in the middle of, let's say, a desert or a dune, it's very, very difficult. It's not possible, you know? D-Ling is making a good joke, which is pretty cool. He says, a Ford Model T has more position parts than a Rolls. <laughs> Shame on you, sir. Shame on you, you know? What Daigle says, BC, what do you think of the Taycan? Amazing. So one thing about Teslas, as you've seen a Tesla, they're very cool, right? Chuck full of technology. That technology is also something that rings very well throughout the entire vehicle. And what I mean by that is, I mean, sure, I'm not being able to allow me to do my Apple connection, but that's another thing. You can tell that the car with the fit and finish, even today's models are not as nice as what you've seen a Toyota, let alone a Porsche. So you get a Tesla, some of the fit and finish is not really beautiful, even though the technology really is. Porsche, when you sit in the Taycan, it's 100% Porsche. The feel, the finish, the materials, the leather, the dash, the interaction, the connectivity, it's very, it's a Porsche through and through. It just all happens this, to have this amazing explosive launch and lots of speed and no emissions. It's really cool. So I really like the take on. And there's little small touches where like when I open the cell console, I can wirelessly charge my phone. Um, little cool things like um, the trunk area is quite, quite nice for an EV. And a little trunk in the front allows for you to put a little few things as well. Um, the launch is just amazing. The all-wheel drive setup is just fantastic. The feel of the steering wheel, the creature comforts, it's very good. You can really even customize the car to your liking in terms of suspension and steering feel and, and speed and eco and sport and all this fun stuff. Um, the shifting with the little lever takes a little getting used to. I don't like the on and off button. It reminds me too much of a laptop. That's the one thing that I wish they would change. It's on the left side like you would in any Porsche. But that button feels kind of weird. But I love to take on. It's a great car. And when it first came to market, it was rumored to be 275 or 250. I'm seeing a lot of examples brand new from a place like, let's say, Rusnak for 180. So it's a really good car. I like it a lot. I, I find it as one of the most refined, if not the most refined, EV cars in the world. Now, if there's something I would I'm not too happy about it. It's like me, I'm six foot tall. If I sit in the back seat, I'm kind of cramped. So I feel that the next versions or the SUV versions would be much nicer in that, in that attribute. But it's a beautiful car. Absolutely fantastic, you know? Batman Ken says, Uncle Beastie, bring tuning to Nigeria. We do not have a single dino tuning shop in Nigeria. That's unfortunate. And the reason why is because there's no support for it. So the world works in a very interesting way, similar to what engineers do. There's a problem, engineers solve them. Whereas demand, the demand is typically met. So it would have to, I think the easiest thing to do is if somehow, and I try every time I go home, every time I go home I try, bad man. I try to interact with some government officials that can maybe put together a very good motorsport park. And by doing that, we can get more interest in motorsports in Nigeria, which has a beautiful climate and beautiful opportunity to take full advantage of that. People can really get in tune. We have very clever individuals, very smart engineers in Nigeria who can really build some really cool things and just bring motorsports there. I mean, what stops us from being able to bring F1 to Nigeria? We need to have a proper motorsport park. What stops us from bringing Formula D to Nigeria? We need to have a proper motorsport park. And with those facilities, 
will come needs for dinos and for repair facilities and tuning facilities and all that fun stuff. So I won't give up my, my chance. I will not give up my, my, my journey and my quest to make this happen. But boy, I wish it could. Yeah, I wish it could. I, I can already foresee this crazy, crazy park. I mean, what do you call it? Uh, Tapawa Belawa Motorsport Park. I don't know. Namdia uh, Zikiwe Motorsports Center. Um, Odumegu Ojuku Drag Strip. I mean, whatever the case may be, we need to make it happen. Anyway, I'm getting up tangent. <laughs> I get pretty crazy here. Oh my God. What's up with Tesla using some wood pieces to hold parts together? I saw that EME. Um, what does it matter? You won't believe the things I see when I take apart engines. It's just some people try and find ways to. So, what he's talking about is there's a heat exchanger that exists in the Model Y. And then Tesla used some, it didn't look like wood stuff, but it looked like some organic or semi organic material to kind of um, alienate that device from a wire going around it. And manufacturers do it all the time. I don't know why this is a big deal. Maybe because it's Tesla and people try and mess with them. But I've taken apart Porsches, Hondas, Hyundais, Nissans, Toyotas, Mitsubishi. I've seen, I've, seen, I've seen a lot. So it's not atypical to see people using materials that are um, you know, organic in nature or non-organic in nature or styrofoam or it's not, I don't see it's a big deal, you know? What is your opinion about the Maserati MC20? That thing is gorgeous. Man, Maserati, stepped, the FCA team, they stepped, they stepped it up. They really, that car is beautiful. It's, it's, in my opinion, it is the most beautiful Maserati ever. It actually, in my opinion, takes Maserati back to the roots of high-performance vehicles that are just absolutely gorgeous. They, Ralph and his team, I'm talking about Ralph Gilles, he, they, they knocked it out of the park. Amazing, amazing beautiful car. Absolutely gorgeous. Gorgeous indeed. Ever thought about doing a car giveaway? I, I, I thought about it. It's so weird you said that. I literally thought about a giveaway this morning. I thought about, I thought about doing a giveaway, let's say the, the Wago Van. <laughs> I really thought about that, you know? So um, I, I don't know how to do it. I don't know what the legalities of stuff like that are, but maybe, maybe I'll do it. I don't know. I don't know, you know? Here's an idea. Buy a Type R and make an electric all-wheel drive. That would be pretty cool. I think Honda would be really mad at me if I did that. <laughs> but you never know. You never know. Could you reflash my 09 Corolla 1ZZ FE? What power gain do you think I could get? If, I think I can. And if I do the same natural spray to trim, I think I'll be able to extract in NA trim another, just by flashing, maybe another 10 to 14% improvement of power across the board. I think I can be able to do that. Um, send me a DM and I'll see if I have the tools to be able to do that. But if so, it will take me a couple of days, especially if you're local. I would have to physically grab the maps, ideally either via OBD or directly from the ECU itself, modify them, and then flash them back in. It should be good. Well, guys, that was a slice of heaven. I really appreciate you joining me on this wonderful Tech Tuesday. Thank you so much for being who you are and for being part of this journey as well. We're going to do a lot coming up soon. I'm going to keep you guys abreast of it. Ghost 520 is asking, have I worked with BMW? The manufacturer, no. Client's car is quite a few. But nonetheless, stay safe. I look forward to seeing all of you soon. And um, yeah, have a good afternoon. Take care, everyone. Cheers. Bye-bye.